1: BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning, I'm Rich Bradbury, and welcome to the all-new Resource Centre, your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. A recent report released by the Deloitte Economics Institute called Work Towards Net Zero in Asia-Pacific, the rise of the green-collar workforce in a just transition, highlights the potential rise of a new green-collar workforce in the Asia-Pacific region estimating that 80% of skills needed for energy transition efforts in the short to medium term already exist in today's workforce. However, 40% of workers in Asia-Pacific, including economies like Malaysia, are currently employed in vulnerable industries like agriculture, conventional energy, manufacturing, transportation and construction that are under threat from climate change and the transition to net zero. Encouragingly, the Malaysian government has taken steps to support the development of the emerging green collar workforce through phase one of the National Energy Transition Roadmap, the NETR. The NETR represents Malaysia's efforts to future-proof its vulnerable sectors by accelerating the shift from a traditional fossil fuel-based economy to a high-value green economy. Through the NETR, 10 flagship catalyst projects and initiatives are expected to generate a total of 23,000 new high-impact, high-quality job opportunities, and the International Labour Organization recognises Malaysia's significant policy support for green job development, positioning the country strongly in the region. Today, I'm speaking Speaking with Kasturi Nardin, Governance, Regulatory and Sustainability Services Leader at Deloitte, Malaysia on the potential for significant job creation in industries focused on environmental sustainability, the challenges and opportunities this transition presents and how governments can lead the way in tackling the climate crisis and equitable employment outcomes. If you have any thoughts on uh, on this, you can get us via our U-Mobile WhatsApp number. It is 018-789-8899. Also, get us on We're at BFM Radio. Kasturi, welcome to the show.
0: Good afternoon. Thanks for having me at BFM today.
1: It's an absolute pleasure, Kasturi. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. A complicated topic, uh, an interesting topic nonetheless, of course. Let's start off with something fairly broad. Um, But it's an easy question, but not necessarily an easy answer. Um, What do you think are the main vulnerabilities um, of the Asia-Pacific region to climate change right now?
0: Right. Well, in fact, as as highlighted in the recent um, ADB report, uh, the Asia Pacific region is more vulnerable to climate change risks than any other regions of the world because clearly of its dependence on the natural resources and agricultural sectors as well as its densely populated coastal areas, weak institutions and poverty amongst the considerable, um, again, proportion of its population. Um, and, and so there is a exposure to climate disruption. And again, the susceptibility of Asia Pacific to climate change, um, you know, uh, uh, in, again, increase in frequency and intensity of extreme weather events is already evident as mm. we you know, as we see it, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, year after year. So, in recent years, I'm sure you we find countries like Japan and Philippines even even experiencing even more frequent powerful typhoons. Yeah. Again, the witnessing of rising sea levels as we as we. Um, um, as, you know, as we have experienced uh, It's clearly uh, giving rise to again uh, water scarcity issues uh, uh, the, the, the acceleration in Greece, glacier melting is again affecting uh, water scarcity in certain agricultural and um, um, countries uh, affecting human consumption and according to the index in fact the uh, the report uh, clearly does indicate that about one quarter of the global workforce uh, which is close to about more than 800 million jobs are vulnerable and are exposed in countries across Asia Pacific and Africa
1: those are some crazy numbers uh, and also some it when you list it out like that and we speak I mean we kind of throw these numbers around and we kind of throw these topics around we talk about flooding and we talk about one when you put it in just one paragraph like that it's terrifying
0: absolutely absolutely
1: right what would you think um I mean, this idea of this green collar workforce, how does this rise of the green collar workforce contribute then to achieving net zero in this region and in Malaysia? Are are there any differences amongst the the other countries, do you think?
0: Great, great. In fact, the green collar workforce is becoming increasingly significant in the Asia-Pacific regions as countries in the region – permit to decarbonisation-related um, activities, you know, uh, again, the, the pursuit in the growing demand for green jobs, creating new industries and employment opportunities. Mm. And so the Deloitte uh, global, uh, again, uh, modelling, right, uh, which is clearly presented in the report, shows that the skills required in a green-collar workforce is actually not too different from the skills held in the current workforce. From what
1: we already have, right? It's
0: exactly right, exactly yeah. right. So effective harnessing of this talent. Uh, to learn more, to teach others, to create an active transition to net zero is exactly what is relevant. And this alone is apparently potentially uh, uh, will result in an in across over 300 million additional jobs globally by 2050.
1: Mm. What do you think that is, are, are some of the, the, the key strategies to ensure that just transition? Well, key strategies, are,
0: well, uh, Short question big answer <laughs> um, and, and uh, first and foremost just in grasping the just transition torch the first imperative is to ensure that the costs and benefits of change of this just transition is equ- is equitably distributed and and so if this is done right a just transition state will offer these immense opportunities to build the resilience and unlock the sustainable inclusive growth. Mm. And so in Deloitte, in fact, we have developed a green collar workforce policy framework Right. And, and this is some of the strategy, if I, if I may just very quickly share please uh, policies, yeah, that, that will secure this just transition. Firstly, it begins with an ambition if, for companies, again, both the government and the private public sector to set ambitious decarbonization targets, right, that are aligned, again, with um, the rapid decarbonization um, in, in activities. Secondly, to design new strategic industrial policy. Uh, targeting traditional strengths mm. and new areas of economic mm. growth. Mm. Uh, thirdly, to create high-value jobs for transition pathways, mm. right? establishing secure career pathways, again, for workers and graduates, uh, f- and ensuring and this leading you to then ensure adaptive skills and education pipeline clearly does cater to this transition. And finally, to target workforce policies that promote labor mobility to direct skills to where they are now increasingly more needed.
1: I mean, you just touched on a policy briefly there as well. But of course, we need to ring, uh, speak about uh, governments, particularly in Asia Pacific. What? Um, what? What, what specific measures do you think that these uh, governments need to take? And how effective have these measures been that they have already taken? Um, and what is it that they need to do to kind of encourage this transition effectively it's okay talking about it which we do a lot uh, but talk only does one thing and you yeah. know that
0: <laughs> absolutely absolutely so policy measures thus far have been aimed you know at accelerating the shift towards renewable energy uh, energy efficiency green mobility carbon capture carbon capture um uh, you know for, um Uh, to simplify uh, a few. Uh, And so these developments and these uh, developments include, uh, it clearly does stress upon the strategic industrial policies, targeting at traditional strengths, Mm. new areas for economic growth, creating again high value jobs and transition pathways. And so to this end, the effectiveness of these measures can be assessed based on several factors, such as, of course, the actual reduction in carbon emissions, uh, the creation of green-collar workforce with renewed high-impact job opportunities, and of course, the overall progress of these targets set across these uh, transitional, um, you know, uh, initiatives. Mm. Um, and and so, if you, the research uh, which Deloitte has produced clearly does indicate that nine out of thirteen Asia-Pacific economies have. Uh, reduced their carbon intensity in 2021. Uh, two out of the uh, two out of the 13—New uh, Zealand and Vietnam—they've exceeded decarbonization rate targets. Um, again, New Zealand has reduced its carbon in- in- intensity um, uh, by far the most, followed by very closely followed by Malaysia, Vietnam, and Australia.
1: Oh, these are some positive uh, Absolutely. stories. Okay. Let's take a short break here, Kasturi. Um, folks, you're listening to Resource Centre. It's the one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. Uh, today, we're discussing the rise of the green-collar workforce and the potential for significant job creation in certain industries and the challenges and opportunities this uh, transition presents. I'm speaking with Kasturi Nadan, Governance, Regulatory and Sustainability Services Leader at Deloitte Malaysia. And Rich Branbury. We'll be back after a few messages, so do keep it here on BFM 89.9, The Business station billions from me bfm 89.9 the business station BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome to Resource Centre. It is your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. And I'm Rich Bradbury. Today on Resource Centre, we're discussing the rise of green-collar workforce, the potential for significant job creation in certain industries, and the challenges and opportunities this transition presents. I'm speaking with Kasturi Nathan, uh, Governance Regulatory and Sustainability Services Leader at Deloitte Malaysia. Kasturi, thanks for sticking around. I hope I've not scared you off too much by asking you too many intense questions in a short space of time. Uh, But I kind of want to lean back and take a look at something that you mentioned earlier when it comes to businesses. And uh, I want to ask for your opinion, uh, what role do you think businesses uh, play when it comes to accelerating action towards net zero and equitable outcomes? And in what ways can businesses in Malaysia particularly accelerate their actions towards these goals?
0: Right. In accelerating actions towards achieving net zero while ensuring equitable outcomes, companies, or for that matter businesses, must ensure that sustainability is embedded in their strategies and they must not lose sight on the governance structures Mm -hmm. that clearly does govern these strategic initiatives across sustainability, across corporate sustainability. Mm -hmm. So a robust governance structure will provide direction for companies to demonstrate accountability in their actions. A sustainability journey starts very much so with a committed leadership team taking ownership, joining the dots for those in the organisation to work in concert, uh, and, and so on a broader scale. Businesses should also consider collaborating with the government, with other stakeholders, again to, to help drive a coordinated and effective approach towards uh, net zero.
1: It's got to it's got to start at the top and filter its way down, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, now. Um, We've spoken about the uh, – let's talk about the economic impact, okay? Um, the, and maybe some of the social challenges that might be associated with this transition to net zero and how they can be addressed. I mean, when we talk about the uh, – social challenges, we look at things like, I mean, this is just off the top of the mind, of my mind, when you look at the way in which farming has happened for so long in one particular way, we know it's not necessarily the most perfect example. What examples do you have of, of social challenges, though?
0: Yeah, sure. In, in it, the transition presents economic and social challenges, um, rightfully said, Richard, including the need for reskilling and upskilling workers in vulnerable sectors such as the agriculture, energy industry, transport and construction. These are, in fact, the five sectors which are most vulnerable. Mm. Um, And and it is important to ensure that workers clearly have access to training opportunities and that employment pathway alone offers better outcomes in terms of wages, working conditions and job security. And thus enabling this transition, uh, again, to grow in demand and net zero again, transforming its skill set and roles. Mm. And, and having said that, clearly the collaboration again between governments, businesses, and workers is crucial to drive a just transition, creating that sustainable um, employment, if I may, Bridget. Uh, mm. In fact, the investments in green skills can actually help chart the path to resilient, climate-resilient growth and, and shared uh, prosperity. And this goes uh, to my point, um, to my next point, and across which... Uh, Across how sectors uh, of governments and businesses uh, should undertake an active transition role, meaning consciously a transition that is consciously premised around employment growth and policy assisted transition, as opposed to a passive transition. So, passive transition typically refers to you know unplanned workforce and change in a disorderly fashion, transition or fashion, Mm -hmm. right? So, as opposed to passive, companies, businesses should pursue active transition, which goes to, to which is typically premised around policy-assisted transit, transition, right? And, and that clearly does, you know, require uh, some amount of, again, policy. Uh, Policy uh, decisions, structures, uh, uh, procedures—again, um, the requirements to upskill your workforce, etc.
1: Okay, um, I, I want to talk about uh, the initiatives that the Malaysian government have implemented, of course, uh, under the National Energy Transition Roadmap. Um, what ha- what initiatives have they implemented under that scheme to support this development?
0: right in, fa- in fact uh that's a great question so we are referring to the netr which is the uh, national yeah. energy transition roadmap yeah. and so the phase one of netr um in fact does consist of 10 flagship um catalyst projects uh, covering 50 over initiatives. And, and, and that cu- cuts across uh, six energy transition levers, right? Uh, you know, of course, uh, that, and, and, and the, the uh, energy efficiency lever, renewable energy, hydrogen, bioenergy, uh, the green mobility, carbon capture, etc. And all of this is expected to be undertaken through a combination of grants, loans, rebates, incentives. And other supportive investments, mm. and and this alone, the successful implementation of of, of, of um, NETR will will uplift GDP. In fact, uh, you know, from a 25 billion 2023 all the way to two hundred twenty billion, generating three hundred and ten thousand over jobs by twenty fifty. So that is the impact in which we're looking at um, across the in the, the you know the the, the support uh, by the government across the NETR for the green
1: collar workforce. It, that's not something to snub your nose at.
0: Absolutely, it's 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 a big plan with plenty to initiate to it implement and uh, monitor. Yeah,
1: and it sounds very exciting as well. But um, this idea of and we speak about it, the rise of, of the green collar workforce, and, and we spoke a little bit about traditional indices. But what kind of impact will it have on traditional? Industries in Malaysia, like agriculture, like conventional energy, we know that these people need to skill up. Um, but will it? Ha- Do you think it will have a significant impact?
0: Oh, right, it's, it's the rise of the green collar workforce. In fact, will shift will drive a shift towards a more sustainable practice. I must say so that's clearly going to be the outcome in which we will, be, we will be we are already experiencing we are seeing in the marketplace and it will uh, it will uh, you know uh, clearly be more evident across sectors such as the agriculture conventional energy sectors and this transition will create of course new job opportunities and mm. demand for green skills leading to the development of more friendly envir- friendly and resilient um, economy Right, so, so in the context of Malaysia, if I may, the NETR aims to capitalise Malaysia's strong bioenergy potential um, uh, with, uh, across two key segments: the agriculture-related bioenergy, the non-agriculture waste uh, segment. Okay, like okay. like the likes of the oil and gas, internal combustion engine, vehicle manufacturing, or the fossil fuel-based power generation, which will uh, which will convert to transition and necessitate right strategies. To facilitate the transition of workers to new employment um, opportunities. Okay. So, yeah, and so in short, the, 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 the there is a br- there is a gap, right? That one needs to bridge. Uh, between the existing workforce skill set and the emerging demands for green skills targeting uh, require which which, which, which is uh, which uh, you know requires targeted training and upskilling initiatives
1: okay, okay you're listening to Resource Centre your one-stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business we are discussing the rise of the green collar workforce the potential for significant job creation in certain industries and the challenges and opportunities this transition presents I'm with Kasturi Governance Regulatory and sustainability services leader at Deloitte Malaysia. Stick with us, we'll be back after a few messages. Keep it here on BFM 89.9, the business station. Brave Finance Managers BFM 89.9 VFM 89.9, V business station. Welcome back to Resource Center, your one stop shop for insights and strategies to help build and grow your business. We're talking about the rise of the green collar workforce. I'm speaking with Kastori Nathan, Governance, Regulatory, and Sustainability Services Leader at Deloitte Malaysia. Um, Kastori, I know you are uh, pressed for time, so I have a couple more questions just before you leave. Um, and, and I guess one of the biggest questions that many people will be wanting to know is, well, okay, we want to transition. We want to do these things. We want to help out. What are the challenges uh, that we may face and how do we get around them?
0: Great. Well, the first and foremost, the most immediate challenge is clearly the need to upskill, reskill, upskill workers, to Especially in the traditional industries like the agriculture, you mentioned conventional energy, construction, manufacturing sectors, and so in a forward-thinking approach to educational and skill development, including green workforce, the Malaysian government in fact has, is placing a, a strong emphasis on TVET, right, technical and yeah. vocational educational and training programs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and again, the government has allocated uh, uh, you know close to about seven billion to revamp TVET education through collaboration with GLC and private companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so compared to selected other countries, Malaysia clearly relies on market-led initiatives by private sector to facilitate again policy intervention um, by the government, and and uh, and, and across that uh, clearly, I must say that jobs and uh, business opportunities created in the energy sector, as well as economic multipliers and the energy-related supply chains, will most certainly contribute positively to the social economic development of the nation to achieve these climate goals.
1: Okay. Um, final question then, before I let you go. The, uh, the future plans and strategies. Um, how far down the line are we? And what do you think will be happening in the next five or ten years? I mean, the reason I ask you this is because we know technology changes so quickly. We know policy um, is often thought about but doesn't change so quickly. So, I, um, what, what is your uh, thoughts about how we can enhance the growth of this green collar workforce?
0: Right. Uh, well, a recent uh, study by ILO, the International Labour Organization, conducted in 2021 in fact, found that Malaysia had significant policy elements in place to support the development of green jobs. The study found that these policies touched on person areas, including industrial sector, as well as enterprise policies and initiatives. Mm. And so while strategies can vary across countries based on their unique starting points and challenges, of course, right, as as we spoke about, Richard, key levers that can help in this regard, right, uh, across future plans and, and strategies is, one, monitor the political social landscape to assess climate risks and opportunities. To understand stakeholders, to protect their value; three, anticipate the impact and opportunities and inequalities the transition could create along the value chain; and fourth, most important, holding the governance uh, uh, accountability uh, for for uh, across organisations for embedding a just transition into organisational uh, strategies. And so, in short. As implementation is key, Malaysia must persist with upskilling and training efforts in ways that can help incentivize and encourage the growth of green-collar workforce.
1: Castori, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today.
0: Great. Thank you very much. Again, thank you all.
1: My pleasure. Uh, That was Kasturi Narvan, Governance Regulatory and Sustainability Services Leader at Deloitte, Malaysia. You've been listening to the newly revamped Resource Centre, your one-stop shop for strategies, tactics and tools to better build, scale and manage your business. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. Just search for Resource Centre. I'm Rich Bradbury. This has been Resource Centre. Up next Next is Enterprise Explores. Keep it here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.